there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Points in the Paint podcast. We are Stadium's numero uno NBA mm-hmm. podcast. Number I'm Ed Wittenstein. I, of course, am Zach Badgerhouse. I'm always in the house, but I might not be in the house this time. You might not be in the house either. We might be on location this time. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, we're about as close together recording this podcast as we've been <laughs> since we actually like recorded it in the same room together. I'm in one room in the office. You're in another room in the office. Yeah. Uh, we 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 couldn't find the the soundboard to really mix everything so we could be in the same room. So we're recording in separate rooms, but I think it still works. Yeah, we've been doing that already anyway from crib to crib. So, yeah. you know, it, it all works out, you know. <laughs> Points in the pain going mobile. Mm-hmm. We on the road with it. Look, see? <laughs> we are. We are. All right. So, Zach, we have a lot of things to talk about. Even though it's the all-star break, there's been a lot going on. We'll we'll get to the dunk contest. We got we to gotta call about the dunk contest. <laughs> that was. Um, but before we talk some of the all-star stuff, because it's been a little while. So let, let's talk about some of the more, the fresher news from one big thing of the week. Let's talk about Zion. Oh, Zion Williamson. Man, the, he uh, the game all year. Yeah, the pudgy boy <laughs> down south in New Orleans. He, uh, there's been some issues with him. It sounds like J.J. Redick has some issues with him because apparently what happened was Zion did not call C.J. McCollum when C.J. McCollum came over to the Pelicans, which is a big no-no for someone of his caliber, for, for some of his star power. Usually you have to contact a new player coming on your team, especially if it's someone like C.J. McCollum. Well, you don't have, have to. You don't, you don't have, have to. to. But, it, but, it, but like how you just said with J.J. Reddick, it's common courtesy, right? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. You would think it's something that I know Zion's young. He, he hasn't been in the league a while. Pelicans haven't made any trades for any big players since he's really been there. But – He's got to do it. He should have done it. So McCollum's going to be his new teammate. He's coming in. He's going to make the team better. Not even a text. Nothing. And, and Reddick like went into him, right? He's like saying, "This is he's a thing." Detached with, from the team, yeah. Detached from the team is what he said. It's it's a little worrisome, Zach. I'm a little worried about Zion's future just simply because, especially in New Orleans, because there was that whole thing where New Orleans was advertising season tickets to their season ticket holders for next season. They no didn't mention. put Zion's name on the no list mention. of players. So it's it's a little bit trouble in paradise down in New Orleans. Yeah, man, it's not looking too good down there on Beale Street or wherever <laughs> wherever the front office is down there in that's New Orleans. Good, so that's okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what street is it in New Orleans that's all that's all famous? I, I can't don't think, know. I've never. I can't been. think. Of, I can't think of the, uh, the street. Uh, maybe it is Bill. It's not Beale Street. That's that's in Memphis, and we're gonna get into Memphis later on in the show too. But anyway. <laughs> Zion only been 21 years of age, right? So, you know what I'm saying? He's young. 
So you're going to make not necessarily mistakes, but you're going to have like growing pains as you get older and, you know, as you're becoming a professional in the NBA, 21 year old, not reaching out to a vet to welcome him. When you say it out loud, you, you may think, well, he may have not have done that. Right. Cause he's only 21. That's a vet. You would probably think it would probably be the other way around. If it was a vet bringing like a young, a younger player in that he would do that, but a younger guy sending an older guy a text or, or whatever, just reaching out. It, I won't say it's a bad thing or a good thing that he didn't do it, but it is odd that he's had no communication like at all with CJ. Oh, I believe he has since, you he, know, he, CJ he brought that out. Has now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just, but to not do so prior to that. Yeah, that's. No, you don't want to really do that, but we always got to remember he's he's only 21 years of age. He's been in the league three years. That's not my issue with Zion. My issue is the other thing, the detachment from the team, you know, being so far away from the team, you know, working out and, you know, getting healthy, trying to get healthier, um, coming into camp overweight, uh, not being able – like he's not able to that's, do – That's a problem. Yeah, in terms of exercise, he's not even able to do too much because it is a foot injury. And so, like, he's just – gaining a ton of weight, he's out of shape, and he's having to have like a second and third opinion on this here uh, injury. Yeah, I thought it was just weird that, that J.J. was talking about how he's not committed to the team, which is which I thought was really interesting because it makes sense, right, when you think about what he's done, as you said, right. comes in overweight, seemingly can't lose the weight, and the weight is affecting his lower body, it seems like, knee injuries, leg injuries, and, and it, it prolongs his injuries for longer than the team obviously wants him out, and he's going to be out the rest of this season. Who knows if he's going to be ready for next season? That detachment. And then you would have thought that by now, like him and Brandon Ingram would have been best buds. You know, if the chemistry is good, they're going out together. They're hanging out. They're talking together. They're they're showing that they love each other as teammates. I haven't seen that at all, Zach. I don't know <laughs> if I've been missing it. I don't know if they've been posting about each other and I just missed it. But it doesn't really seem like they're quite buddy-buddy with each other as much as you would expect two cornerstones of a franchise to be if they want the franchise to be good. So I, I don't I, from that situation, it just everything seems off. Everything seems bad with that organization right now. And I, I'm, I'm I would be shocked if Zion plays in New Orleans next season with the way things are going. He's obviously still good trade bait. The team could trade him. They have a pretty good base right now with CJ and Ingram. I could see them trying to move him. Well, you got to you got to go out there, got to find some uh, valuable pieces for him for sure. I think that's number 1. Uh everyone knows that at some point there was the rumor about him wanting to be in New York. Yep. playing for the Knicks and he, you know the Knicks were hoping to get the number 1 pick when he was out there and he was available entering the draft didn't come up didn't happen got his teammate RJ Barrett you know he's he's improving he's getting better he could go right yeah. a little more you know he could go right a little bit more but a little bit just a little bit working out they got Cam Reddish up there so i mean Zion's the only person <laughs> missing up there to turn those turn those New Yorkers into New York uh what blue devils <laughs> New York blue devils pretty much That's yeah like. duke of the north you know what i mean if if Zion ends up in the big apple but i mean outside of that though with Zion in terms of like where he's going to be, I think New Orleans is going to offer the deal. You know what I'm saying? They're going to offer that rookie extension and he'll probably take it. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't take it, but I think the Pelicans are going to offer that because, you know, if they draft him number one, there's a lot of 
prom- there was a lot of promise, despite the fact that they've detached him from the season ticket promo. That's a little weird, but it's weird. That's a weird thing to do. I mean, this is a guy that was like the next LeBron James, and now he's not even mentioned in season Greg ticket Oden. package promotions. Like that's something's off. Something something's really off in New Orleans, and. At this point, I mean, they all, all Zion has to blame is himself, I think. At this point, who, who else are you blaming for the team did everything to do? They drafted him. I'm sure they made concessions to him. They let him do whatever, and he couldn't stay under a weight limit, or he, he was struggling injury-wise. He doesn't seem to care. I don't know. It's not a good look for him, though, Zach. And it, it's it's someone who came in with such high hopes, and now it's just like, man, is this guy ever going to actually live up to – expectations no it's a given greg odin it's a given greg odin vibes yeah, it's very sure. greg odin vibes yeah oh and hopefully Definitely it's given, given greg odin. hopefully it's not injury issues with zion at the very least um that caused him and his career to to not reach the heights that people thought but man it's it's worrisome i'm i'm it worried is. i'm worried because i like he's fun to he's fun to watch play he's explosive yeah. he's exciting he's he's a massive man that runs like a, a guy who's you know 100 pounds lighter so He's a fun dude to watch, but he doesn't seem to have the whole teammate mentality going. It's very bizarre. Um, what was uh, your one big thing? So, as the lights cut off. <laughs> I think all you got to do is like, move around. Yeah, you got to move around or something. But my one big thing this week is simply All-Star Game overall Sunday night. It was fun. You know, it was fun for me. I enjoyed it. LeBron game winner, you know, Steph going crazy with like 14 plus made threes or something crazy. Then Ja gave us a dunk contest during the game. You know, it was just all around fun, man. And I just, I enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying? So I just had to take, tip my hat off to Sunday night. Now the other night, I don't know. You know, I don't necessarily know. We have to get into that one, but Sunday night was cool for me. No. Yeah. So that was the all-star game. I will say Elam ending. Awesome. Best thing the league has come up with to change All-Star Weekend for the better. It's awesome. The players play hard the last, like, five minutes of the game. You get defense. You get matchups you would never see in the NBA in a real game where they're actually trying. So I think that part is awesome. Um, but, yeah, I think we should do prison time. And before oh, yeah. we do prison time, let's go to our voicemail because we got a voicemail uh, about our prison time topic. What up, though? It's Marty Mars from Detroit. Man, y'all got to talk about this. Terrible all-star weekend dunk contest. I mean, like, the worst dunk contest I've probably seen in 10 years, man. Like, what are we doing, giving out participation trophies? It's awful. Three-point contest is great. Cat, love to see a big man win, especially in the game that we're progressing in today. Um, Can't wait to see the all-star game tonight. Hopefully it doesn't disappoint, but probably will. Uh, Ben? Your voice doesn't match your um, face, but, you know, we mess with you out here. We really mess with Zach, though. Shout out, y'all. All right, so Marty Martin, our friend, points in the painter. Marty Martin. Anti, Anti-NBA dunk contest, which brings oh, yeah, us it was NBA prison time. Right to jail. We're throwing the dunk contest in prison, Zach. Got to. Have to, man. It's the only way because it was so bad. Like, it was, it's by far the worst dunk contest ever. But see, I don't like the idea of pushing the dunk contest to being like one of the first events of Saturday night. You can like, that's not the issue. Like, in my opinion, that's not the issue. The issue is choosing the right people to participate in the dunk contest. I think that's what you need to do. Because in my mind, they chose Juan 
whatever his last name is from the Warriors. And who would you have chosen from that same team? I mean, there's a lot of options. Andrew Wiggins? Gary Payton II. You can sure. automatically go with Gary Payton. I've seen his highlights throughout the course of this season way more than Juan in terms of athletic, showcasing athleticism and dunking a the basketball. They catch Gary Payton on the baseline for the alley-oop at least twice a game. So, like, you got to pick the right people. Now, granted, Jalen Green, should he have been in? Yes. Obi Toppin? favorite. You know Terrible. What I mean? yeah. He was Awful. a favorite. It was definitely Awful. bad. They couldn't even get their dunks in the rim. They couldn't get the alley together. Y'all supposed to be teammates, AAU teammates with Josh Christopher. Y'all, y'all didn't practice alley oops in AAU. Like I didn't, I didn't, didn't practice. No, they didn't practice. That was the thing. The there's a dunk contest coach. I don't know if a lot of people know about this. I didn't know about this until I saw him tweet. He's a coach specifically for the dunk contest that a lot of these players have used. Apparently, only Juan and Obi used him. Jalen Green did not use him, and you could mm. tell. That was a big reason why he looked very flustered <laughs> missing those dunks. And they were, you know, the ideas behind him were cool, yeah. but he couldn't, he couldn't complete them. And you're just sitting there like, I'm having a little cocktail. Everybody was, everybody cocktail. was bad. <laughs> yeah, no, you have a little drink and you're sitting there like, all right, that's not a great miss, but maybe he'll make it in time. And then he just keeps missing. And you're like, I got to just, I got to oh. drink more to get, cause I'm sad now. <laughs> like, this is just depressing. I got to just keep drinking. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was a really bad dunk contest and we have seen some bad ones. But at least there were some dunks here and there that were fun and good. There was not one, I don't think, dunk that I remember well. Obi had a cool dunk, but it took him like 15 tries. Like it was, it was really sad and disappointing. This one. Yeah, Cole Anthony bringing the Tims out, you know, trying to represent New York, then goes out there and miss hella hella dunks. Then they got the NFT chain, and that wasn't enough. So they're bringing out all these props and not finishing the dunks. In my opinion, man, you just got to bring, you know what I'm saying, better people. Like, they, they're they begging Ja to get in the dunk contest next year. They're, they are literally begging him. Oh, yeah. They you give him money. If you incentivize it, absolutely. Because they do that with the home run derby anyway. You know what I'm saying, a million-dollar prize for the home run derby during the MLB All-Star weekend. They definitely can do the same thing. You can, you can do it for a three-point shootout, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, nobody's, so nobody's left out. You know what I'm saying? No. Everybody, you know what I'm saying, gets some cheese out of this. NBA got enough money to go around. You know, so they ain't lacking with no dollars. Yeah. Give, give a million bucks to the winner. Yeah. A million bucks to the winner. Whatever it is. And then each player still gets, you know, a minimum of 250000 Something like that. Just give them some incentive. You'll see some of these players that are bigger names want to do the dunk contest. Yeah. Because now they, there's no reason. Why would John Morant do a dunk contest where, A, he doesn't get paid, and, B, most likely he's just going to look like an idiot? Because I, I love John. I love his dunks. But if you miss a dunk here and there and you don't win the dunk contest, that looks so bad it does. for your resume. And and I get now, like, I, I sometimes didn't get in the past why LeBron didn't do the dunk contest. But this specific one was open my eyes as the reason why he didn't. Because he already gets enough crap. People already yell at him and, and things like that. If he lost the dunk contest, Zach... He would never hear the end of it. So it wouldn't have been worth it for him to do it. So I understand why some of these guys don't. But you give money to some of the young, exciting guys, I think that would be amazing. John oh, yeah. would have been awesome in this dunk contest. And I love Obi. You know, Obi being in the dunk contest would have been fun as well. But you got to get bigger names. You have to get more exciting players. And they have to. Have to go with a dunk coach. <laughs> they, have to, they have to finish it. You get maybe three, four tries at most. And if you don't do it, sorry. You're out of luck. No, I agree. I definitely agree. It's all about picking the right people. 
it's like I said, instead of, you know, choosing Juan number 95 from the Warriors, you definitely could have went with Gary Payton in second. Matt McClung's out there. You know, he can dunk pretty well. I know he's not. He's in and out of the NBA in terms of, like, you know, two-way contract or whatever. But they put a Johnny Evans or or whatever. Miles Bridges, definitely. You know what? I actually thought he was going to be in it this year, too, to tell you yeah, the truth. Did. I thought he was going to be in it. But he wasn't. And, you know, that's someone that could definitely pick up the phone and, you know, send an invite for him to participate, Miles Bridges, for sure. Shout out to Flint, Flint Town. All right, let's do dunk or deny. Uh, this is our version of buy or sell before we get uh, to our Dave King interview to talk everything about the Phoenix Suns. All right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm dunking on, Zach? I know you've you got your on? betting segment, and we'll do your betting segment. we got to get to your money line play. But I'm going <laughs> to dunk on a couple bets that I saw. And these are specific bets because they are season win totals that you can now go bet we're you know, more than halfway through the NBA season, but it's past the All-Star break. So you can now bet on some of these teams' win totals in the NBA that have been updated. I saw three. Let okay. me know what you think of these three. Clippers, number one. Clippers have 30 wins right now. Their over-under is 39-and-a-half. So they need to get 10 more wins in, I believe, 21 games. They only need 10. 10-11? 10 to, to get over 39-and-a-half. They have the 12th easiest schedule in the NBA. They might get Paul George back. This is a team that probably wants to make the playoffs. They're not trying to tank. They want to make the playoffs. They might get Kawhi and Paul George back for the playoffs. You're, you're lying. You lying. It seems like a good team. It seems like a good team to bet on. I don't know if they're going to get Kawhi back, but All they right. might get Paul George back <laughs> in the playoffs. Okay. I know they want Kawhi to come back this season, and it's possible from what I have been reading that he can come back this season. Okay. I would go out to L.A., I think we hammer the team that's not the Lakers because I'm not touching anything that has to do with the Lakers. <laughs> Give me some West Coast Clippers over 39 and a half wins this season. Well, if they already got 29 wins and they need to, they, 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 they got 30, they got 30 wins and they need 10 more wins. They can do it. I think they can. They play so hard, bro. Shout out to Tyloo. Remember, I've been telling you, I don't know what it is about this team. They're missing their top two players. They're go-to guys. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Tyron Lue still has those boys compete at a high level, being in basketball games, winning basketball games, staying in that pack in between 7 and 10 in terms of the play-in scenario. They're right there above, I believe, the Los Angeles Lakers, too, a team that has all their camaraderie for the most part, maybe except for AD because he's day-to-day. You know what I mean? So, like, they, they're above the Los Angeles Lakers, a team that was projected to win, like, 52 games. And they're probably going to fall way short of that. Yeah. So, I, I like Clippers. I like the Celtics over 46 and a half wins. They mm. need 13 more. It's it's a little high. I will yeah, admit, a little, a little high, high for the Celtics. But I think they're going to get a little bit Irish luck, Zach. They're 9-1. and one. They were 9-1 and one heading in to the All-Star break, their yeah, last 10 games. They were high. Ooh, they're hot. They're hot team. And I think you gotta ride with the hot team. I think you gotta ride with the hot hand. The Celtics look like they're finally, you know, coming together. They finally understand each other's roles. Jalen Brown's playing well. Jason Tatum's playing well. This is a hot team right now. I think you gotta, you gotta ride the wave, ride the wave a little bit with the Celtics. Right. I'm gonna go over 46 and a half. <laughs> they only need 13 wins. They have a relatively, they have a difficult schedule. I think they're top 10 in strength of schedule for the rest of the season, but a lot of those games are at home. So I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk up some of those wins against some tough teams because they're at home. So they need 13. It's a little bit much, but I like it over 46 and a half for the Celtics. They can finish with 47, 48 wins on the season. 
Um, and then the last one, Zach, you're going to, this, this one, this one's going to, you're going to raise some eyebrows for this one. You ready? I'm already raising my eyebrows. You ready for this one? This the last one. Yeah, you're ready for this one? Okay, this is going to make, these eyebrows are going to go off your head like in the cartoons. Right. <laughs> Indiana Pacers win total over, over 28 and a half. Over 28 and a half. You, you, they, oh, they need man. nine wins. They need That's nine it? wins. So That's all they need. They, need. No, they got, they got 20 21 wins. games left. Okay. Yeah, they got 20 wins. They got, they need nine of these. Nine. And they play, Zach, the easiest schedule in the NBA for the rest of the season. So they play a lot, the easiest schedule the rest of the season in terms of winning percentage. So they have the easiest strength of schedule. A lot of the teams they play are also going to be tanking. Mm. I don't know. They lay, they won their last game before the all-star break. They They won their last game. (laughs) They got Tyrese. They got Buddy. They need nine wins. They can go nine and twelve. They go nine and twelve the rest of the way, and they get this. You know what's interesting about that trade that we talked about that we pooped on, quote unquote, with uh, the Kings and the, <laughs> the Kings and the Pacers. Both of those teams, respectively, since they've made that trade, have been playing better competitive basketball. I'm saying Indiana has played a lot. Like it, it looks different. It definitely looks different out there in Indiana in terms of like the competitiveness and you know Tyrese Hallenburton leading the charge. He's like averaging like eight and a half assists a game since he got over there. Like he's yeah. playing some you know some good basketball, getting his teammates involved and scoring when he needs to. Tyrese Hallenburton. And then you got Buddy Hill, you know what he's gonna do. You know what he's all about, knocking down that three ball. So so you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So them going over there and getting those and you know going over there and getting under under that coach over there in Indiana. I like what they did. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Carlisle action. You know what I'm saying? Carlisle doing this thing. I don't know. It, this, if you love to sweat and you love to, to absolutely hate yourself oh. by the end of the season, the Pacers over 28 and a half wins might be nice. Might be nice. You can make some cash. See, it ain't. See, if you, if you parlay all three of them, then you, <laughs> then you talking to me nice. You know what I'm saying? Then you talking to me nice. You know what I'm Shout out to the parlay players out there, all the players out there hitting them parlays, you know? Yeah. You love your parlays. All right, what are you dunking and denying? Oh, man. Listen, Cat called himself the greatest big man shooter the NBA has ever seen. And I'm dunking with him on that, but I don't necessarily agree. But I'm only dunking with him because I just enjoy the confidence, and he backed it up by winning the three-point shootout. You know, he had the best score out of, you know, out of all the rounds. He didn't get us to 32 or whatever, how much, you know, said our main man Rizzo needed, you know, said to win that bet. He didn't, he didn't go yeah. over to 30 that we like we needed him to. However, he shot the ball great. He's shooting the ball well. Uh, so I got to dunk on my man's cat. And I think they're going to do a good job later on this week when the NBA returns. So we'll get into that too in just a bit. So when he said, I'm looking this up on my phone right now, and I, I want to make sure that I'm correct in this. So when he said best big man three-point shooter, yeah. would you can I, I want to look what his career three-point percentage is, first of all. But would you consider Hito Turgaloo a big man? He's 6'10". He, he had a career three-point percentage of 38.4. I like Carl him Anthony too. Towns is 39.6. All right. He's got a he's got a better three point percentage than Hito Turgaloo. That was the first player that came to my mind was Hito Turgaloo was a big man three point shooter. Why not Dirk though? Because a lot of people Dirk. just go straight to a lot of people go straight to Dirk because because they're the same size and they're both seven feet. Sure. You know, so they both are like more outside players. You know, shoot shoot a lot of jump shots. But I was actually being I saw some true shooting percentages between Dirk's career and Cat's career, 
And I got to give it to Dirk because Dirk is definitely ahead of Cat in terms of like true shooting percentage and things of that nature. So, you know, so I'm going to roll with. I'm going to roll with the confidence of Cat. I may not agree with him being the best big shoot, big man shooter because I'll probably keep that to number 41 down in Dallas, you know what I'm saying, with the statue outside with the one leg, <laughs> with the one leg in the air, you feel me? So I might have to go with Dirk in terms of, like, all-time big man yeah, shooting. Shooting-wise. See, but, I took it as him saying, like, three-point shooter. Oh, just three-point shooter? He shooting? was saying, okay. sure. Because shooting-wise, Dirk is – I mean, he was a king at the mid range, that, that fade away, of course. Mm-hmm. But just three point shooting wise, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, as we said, 39% shooting, almost 40%. He's 39.6 on four attempts a game. Novitsky was 38% shooting from downtown on three and a half attempts. So, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, I brought up Turgaloo and Novitsky. He's already shooting better three point percentage wise on more shots than both of them. So he may have a point. He may have mm. a point. What are you denying? <laughs> 75th anniversary team. Y'all have disappointed me. They didn't we came did, up we with talked this. about this like three months ago, too. We did. And and they, bring it up again. They celebrated, you know because they celebrated the whole 75th anniversary team during the All-Star weekend. And it just added an extra, like, emphasis on the players left out. Because they did the verses. Yes. They did the verses, the NBA version of verses with AI and Tracy McGrady. And Alan Iverson says it's, it's a shame that Tracy McGrady isn't on the all time, like the 75th anniversary team. I agree. Vince Carter isn't on that list. He should be. Dwight Howard isn't on that list. He should be. You know what I think it is, though? None of those three players that I just named, they never won an MVP. So because they never won an MVP, it just looks like, well, okay, James Harden has one, Russell Westbrook has one, and he, oh, by the way, he averaged a triple double twice, no, three times in the NBA. So you have, you have those layers for, you know, for them getting in. You know what I'm saying? You have, you know, so those reasonings for why, you know what I'm saying, Russell is on, not Russell, but Harding is a part of it. You know what I mean? Why Damian Lillard is a part of it. You know what I'm saying? He's made big shots, big moments. But I would argue you could take those two guys out and Anthony Davis. And put those three guys I mentioned in, VC, T-Mac, and D. Howard. What about um, – Uh-oh. Talk to me what about taking out What about taking out Dame? Yeah. You can take can Dame okay out. With that? Yes, I love absolutely. Dame. You, I love you. We know we both do. You know what I'm saying? This is a pro-Dame podcast. But yep. what about taking out Dame? I don't That's know. Tough. If you're going to put in – I think T-Mac and Howard and Carter – I think they deserve it a little bit more than than Dame. I, I, we need to see Dame maybe make a little bit more playoff push, maybe become more another MVP type of favorite again, and then maybe he, he can be on the list. But I, I don't know if you can put him in over Vince or T Mac or Dwight at this point. I just don't know. I hate to say it. They already I did. Say, I, almost feel, I almost feel like we should like bleep this out because it's because it's so gross. But I hate to say it, but I think that's you have to do something like that. I don't know if he deserves to be in over those guys right now in his career. Doesn't seem that way. All right, let's talk to Dave King of SP Nation, the bright side of the uh, sun.com. Talks everything Phoenix Suns with us, Zach. Always fun conversation. So let's go to Dave King. All right, we want to welcome back good friend of the podcast, Dave King, covers the Suns for SP Nation, writes for uh, the Bright Side blog. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. I'm sure it's uh, a little bit warmer down in uh, Arizona and everything. No, too. it's freezing. Actually, it's really cold today. It's been really? only in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I had to wear two layers today, as you can see. I'm, I'm wearing actually a second layer. It's pretty wild. 
That's rough. 50 degrees. <laughs> that's, that's always rough. Oh, no, not as cold but, uh, as 50. I'm saying in the 50s. I don't want to exaggerate. <laughs> right. No, yes. That's that's shorts and, and tank top weather here in Chicago right hey. now, for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. I, you can always tell a tourist in Phoenix on a day like today, <laughs> if they're walking around in shorts and tank tops, you know it's not a local. A local puts on the parka and the Ugg boots. <laughs> yeah. It's freezing for Phoenix this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um Let's talk. So let's talk Suns because the first half of the season, they were probably the best team in the NBA. They were playing really well. They got Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and everything is going right for them. And now hey, we hear that Chris pass Paul tense might it be yet, out. man. Don't pass well, okay. tense it yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we could say they're playing well. They're going to be playing well, I'm sure, into the second half of the season. But Chris Paul may not be joining them for a little bit. Do you see the Suns kind of continuing where they left off, even with Chris Paul maybe out? Well, okay, so let's put this into perspective. Uh, the Suns have been playing at an 82% win level. Um, do I see that continuing without one of their best players? Probably not. Uh, they went five and two. So they've, their top three players, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Mikel Bridges is close as the fourth player and lately has been playing as, as possibly the third best player, but still top three are DeAndre Aiden, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Um, they are five and two without Devin Booker this year. And they're 18 and three without DeAndre Aiden this year because they got uh, some backup centers to fill in some of the pick and roll void. Um, and that doesn't make, Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden not good. It just means that the Suns roster is deep enough to be able to withstand that. Now, they haven't been without Chris Paul yet. Chris Paul, obviously, is the point god. He's the guy who stirs the drink. However, uh, there he has missed a little bit of time. And if you count the bubble, the bu- Suns went eight, knowing the bubble two summers ago. I know it seems like a long time ago, but yeah. that was pre-Chris Paul. And then they went 2-0 and in the regular season last year without Chris Paul and 2-0 and in the Western Conference Finals without him when he got COVID this past playoffs. So they know that they can win. Uh, they do happen to still have the coach of the year last year as voted by his peers. Um, they still have all-star Devin Booker leading the charge. They still have DeAndre Ayton, former number one pick. They still got a really deep rotation. So putting it into perspective, will they stay winning at an 80% clip? Probably not. Uh, but if you look at the rest of the West, they have a six and a half game lead on the next best team in the league. Yeah. Um, but you know, conferences still count. So we'll just, even in the West, they have a six and a half game lead. And for a team like Golden State to overtake the Suns, as long as the Suns go 12 and 12, just 500, they've been 80% clips since the bubble. But let's say they go 500. Golden State would have to go 18 and five to uh, tie them and win yeah. the tiebreaker and get the number one seed. Golden State, could they go 18 and five? Sure. Well, what's been their record since Christmas, since they beat the Suns on Christmas Day in that really uh, exciting game? 15 and 11. So wow. the likelihood of Golden State going 18 and 5 is pretty small. Memphis would have to go 19 and 3. Sorry, I did research on this today because I wrote a I story tell. on rightsideofthesun.com. Uh, and uh, Utah would have to go 24 and 0. So I don't think anyone's overtaking the Suns for the first seed, and they can take a couple of months here to – uh, just give some other guys some reps. They have that's the kind of lead they have, and that's 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 really good position to be in. 
Could this, thinking about it from that perspective, from like a rest perspective, could this kind of be a, maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise for Chris Paul? Cause he's obviously getting a little bit older in, in, in age and he gets to take a good portion of the second half of the season off essentially in terms of wear and tear on the rest of his body comes back and he'll be fully healthy for a, for a playoff run and feeling fresh. Yeah, that's the ideal. And Devin Booker literally said in one of his press conferences on All-Star Weekend after this came out, he's like, I, that's how I'm, <clears throat> that's, there's beauty in this, in that Chris Paul can get some rest. Now, if you ask the Suns and Chris Paul, they'd probably say six or eight weeks coming back right before the playoffs is a little tight. Yeah. I'd rather only be out a couple of weeks. You know, I'd rather only be out two or three, of course. But the point being made, and it's really valid, uh, that Chris Paul, um, needs to be as healthy as possible for a long playoff run. Totally valid. And Chris Paul is such a grinder. He works so hard. He's been playing more minutes this year than he has in years just because he's been feeling so good. Then he gets this wow. freak injury to his thumb and you, you don't know what was going to happen later. I'd rather like we all remember last year's playoffs. I, um, in the first round, Chris Paul got a stinger to where he couldn't even feel his arm. And he recently did a podcast with JJ Reddick where he admitted he had so little feeling in his arm that when he was trying to dribble the ball, cause he kept playing, he never sat out a game. He had so little feeling in his arm that when he dribbled the ball, the ball wouldn't come back up because he put so little strength into pushing it down wow. on the bounce. So you see these, uh, these little, these videos of, of people like me trying to play basketball and sometimes the ball bounces away from you because you don't have control of it. Yeah. That's what was happening to Chris Paul. I literally saw it a few times uh, where the ball bounced away from me. He had to go hunt it down. He had to go grab it down. Um, so we had that in the first round, third round, second round, he was healthy and the Suns blew out the nuggets. Second round, he got COVID and missed two games and then had a wrist injury that he carried through the finals that he needed surgery on after that. So the Suns would much rather, if you're going to get injured, get injured now. Um, Get it out of the way. Get healthy for the playoffs. And let's see what a healthy Chris Paul looks like now. Will he stay healthy in the playoffs? We have no idea. He's got a reputation of pulling up lame in the playoffs, and we hope it doesn't happen one year. Just give us one year of health from Chris Paul. That would be nice. And let's get the freak injury out of the way. Monty Williams talking coach for a second. What, well, how much credit does he deserve for basically the consistency from last year into this year where the team is just still so dominant? Oh, he gets a ton of credit. Here's the, here's another possible side effect of Chris Paul being out a couple of weeks, right? Or six or eight weeks is that the non Chris Paul people on the Suns can, can show whether this is all about Chris Paul or whether it's about the collective, right? So, Monty Williams did not get coach of the year last year. He, uh, by his, by the media, he got it from his peers, but he did, did not get it from the media because you know what? The media downplayed Monty Williams's impact because of Chris Paul, because teams always win where Chris Paul goes. Devin Booker did not get voted in by coaches to the all-star game a year ago, um, until he had that great playoff run because coaches gave too much credit to Chris Paul or not too much. We don't know how much, if it's too much or not. We'll find out in the next few weeks whether everyone else should be getting more credit than they have been getting because Chris Paul has been getting the focus. And deservedly so. Absolutely love Chris Paul. This is, I'd rather have Chris Paul starting at point guard for the rest of my days as a Phoenix Suns fan if I could. 
But it's nice if you're, I mean, obviously it, it would be good to know whether Monty really, Monty Williams really can coach. We did find out, um, that Mike D'Antoni was not as good a coach when, when he, when Steve Nash left, right? When he left Steve Nash, he was not as good a coach. Um, they were a great pairing and he joked once in the middle of seven seconds or less. This Monty, uh, this is sorry, Mike D'Antoni I'm talking about. He joked that I'll leave when Steve retires. But then he left early. He went to New York mm-hmm. in a huff because uh, Steve Kerr wanted him to play more defense in the next year. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm who I am. And he left to go to the Knicks. He admitted, re- admitted regret over that sudden move, even in, the, in his first summer after leaving for the Knicks. But he wasn't as good a coach when he didn't have the perfect point guard for him. Now we'll find out if Monty Williams is as good a coach without his perfect point guard. I'd like to know without it being the end of the world, right? Because no matter what happens, Chris Paul is coming back in six or eight weeks, and they are the best team in the league with Chris Paul. This is like kind of a trial period. It's like Chris Paul's yeah. taking a timeout. This is, interesting. this is great. As soon as long as he comes back healthy, this is great so we know who the rest of these players really are. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting way to look at it, too, because now you almost have, like, two positives coming out of it, as we talked about. Like, you have Chris Paul possibly going to be healthy for a playoff run. Now you have the team figuring out who they are without him. So if A, you know, knock on wood, hopefully nothing happens to him in the playoffs, they'll at least know how to handle themselves if something does. But B, it seems like it'll help the bench. It'll help the team as much if they do need to sit Chris Paul for some time just to get him some rest throughout games. Or if he gets schemed out, like, uh, you you can... Yeah, you, uh, a defense like the Milwaukee Bucks in the in the playoffs. Chris Paul is the best pick and roll point guard that I've ever seen. Okay, mm-hmm. not that he he's the best I've ever seen, right? So he's, and he's he's called a point guard for a reason. Milwaukee switched everything in the playoffs last year, which switching when you do five 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 man switches, um, that negates the pick and roll because screen setting becomes um, less valuable, right? If the if the mm-hmm. defenders are willing to just switch. Well, this year now, DeAndre Ayton can can score on a on a small guy at will, whereas a year ago he wasn't really sure how to do it. He wasn't able to. This year he can just he just plop right over, you know, pop that little uh, one handed hook right over a little guy. If they do a switch and they put the small guy down on Ayton down on the block, but Ayton knows how to seal better now. But the other thing is, you get Chris Paul out of his comfort zone if he doesn't have uh, his the guy guarding him stuck on the screen. So then Chris Paul became a little bit less effective against the Bucks than he was in prior. Um, well, if the Suns figure out how to play without Chris Paul a little bit, he'll be able to get the ball out. Of, when they get the ball out of his hands, he'll be able to go to the next uh, more options in the playoffs if Chris Paul gets schemed out. So I'm not a huge, you know, blame the media type of person, but it does seem like, at least from someone in Chicago, it seems like the Suns have been overlooked by a lot of people in the media. What is kind of your feeling and, and Suns fans' feelings towards how their team has been covered this season? Oh, I think every team's fan base thinks their team is being dissed. I think Interesting. even the Lakers fans think they're not being covered enough, which anyone outside of L.A. is like, seriously? You know, I mean, every podcast, every TV show, everything starts with the Lakers and ends with the Lakers, and you might get other teams mentioned in, in between. Um, so I think every, but even those fans probably don't think it's enough. I think Suns fans for sure don't think the Suns are being covered enough. I think definitely the Suns are not getting enough 
respect for being the team that went to the finals last year because partly because there was um, other teams were injured, but also partly because the Suns don't have a top five player, right? It's much more fun. There's more, yeah. although the Bucks didn't get any credit until they actually won a championship, even though they had Giannis. Um, I right. think you have to have won a championship or you have to have a top five player on the road to without having come up short of a championship. Uh, but it is a little frustrating to see Luka Doncic, for example, get more coverage than uh, the Phoenix Suns when Doncic hasn't even won a playoff series yet. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It seems like the Suns, at least, I mean, they're, they're a fun team. They've got fun players. They have mm-hmm. personalities. It, it doesn't make sense that, you know, people are focusing more on the Knicks or the Lakers. Well, you can and, look and at John Morant. Here, just take a look at John Morant. He's a yeah. great example. The Grizzlies never got covered during their playoff runs, right? Like, they were really strong during the Marcus Gasol, Zach Randolph years, you know, and uh, um, and Mike Conley, the, that big three. And they made second round, third round. They never quite made the finals, but they were a really great fundamental team. And yet they never got any coverage any coverage. So Memphis itself is not a, a media place where nobody's going to care about Memphis. Then John Moran comes around. All of a sudden he's so popular. He wins the fan vote to right. be a starting guard in the all-star game. And that is partially because he's just lovable, right? Uh, the fans love a dunk. Fans love a dunk. But <laughs> we networks, do. they love a dunk. And But networks, know what fans love. And so guess who's been covered a lot more than the Phoenix Suns this year also is John Morant and the Mm -hmm. Memphis Grizzlies. They're doing well. But even last year uh, when John Morant was doing really well, he almost got more coverage than the Suns, and they were barely a 500 team. So, um, yeah, yeah, fans love a good dunk, which makes Saturday night's dunk contest all the more disappointing. But, you know, that's that's the way it. That was bad. That was really bad. <laughs> they start play, paying the stars. John Moran, I think he said somewhere, give me a million dollars and I'll get in the dunk, dunk contest. That's interesting. I think I could see that working because no one wants to go tarnish their reputation for free at this point in terms of Right, dunk exactly. Or possibly, I mean, you could possibly get injured, but mostly it's the tarnish. What if I miss? And right. everyone's just staring at me. You know? It seems so. to me like all the dunks have been done, but maybe that's just me. Well, but then... You see that 360 in the air dunk by John Morant in the All-Star game itself. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that would have won. <laughs> yeah, 100% would have won. That, that's true. There's some dunks I guess they could still pull out. Catching of it in the middle of the 360 and finishing. That was pretty <laughs> incredible. I Listen, he's he's really fun to watch. I, I just wish, hopefully we get the old dunk contest of old, like five or six years ago, where it was Gordon and Zach Levine, and it was and just Gordon, fun and Zach fresh Levine, and exciting. Yeah. That would be mm-hmm. lovely. Um, so it sounded like you were talking about what, you know, what has to happen for all these teams in the West, at least catch up to the Suns as number one. You wrote it on uh, brightsideofthesun.com. Now, the Suns are most likely going to make the playoffs, and they might even probably just get them one seed overall. But are there any other teams in the West that make you nervous for them getting in the way of the Suns getting to the finals again? Oh, absolutely. I mean, so so the Suns have such a lead that they're likely to finish with the top seed. They need to do everything they can to keep the top seed so that they don't have to play Memphis or Golden State in the second round. Okay. You know, you've got to, if you're yeah. the Suns, you've got to, you've got to hold on to that one seed with your claw, you know, the claws on your fingers as long as you can, because then you don't have to deal with Memphis versus Golden State. 
which looks like it's going to be the second round. Um, uh, whoever, you know, cause they'll be two and three, right? So yeah. I don't want to deal with that. I only want to deal with one of those teams because they're both scary in their own way. Golden State could suddenly become Golden State of old, right? You could, you could get Draymond Green back. <clears throat> he was playing at defensive player of the year level earlier this year. Uh, you could get, um, the ghost of, well, not the ghost, but the ghost of Christmas present, maybe of Clay back where yeah. he's suddenly playing like 2019 Clay. He might grow. He might get back to that. That would be scary. It would be scary. And then you add in that they've got Otto Porter and Andrew Wiggins, both former Max players or current Max players, um, who they got basically on the cheap because they didn't fit their old teams. And now they now they've got them in the you've got, you know, you've got all kinds of players on Golden State that are scary. But this isn't the Golden State of old. And so I'm not really I'm I'm worried that they'll like all they need is seven games to be the golden state of old to beat the Suns potentially. Right. But do they really have it? And do they have the surrounding cast that those golden state teams had? Because even the only team that was actually better than this year's Suns, record wise and differential wise and all that was the Kevin Durant golden state warriors. Well, they don't have Kevin Durant. No, no. one's going to tell me Andrew Wiggins is Kevin Durant. <laughs> so um, no. they're, they're not quite as good as their best but they're still pretty darn good and they could make the finals if Steph goes on a like all-star game level heater where he makes yeah. 16 threes in a game. Crazy. <clears throat> That's possible. It's all possible, but four out of seven games, it's going to be tough. The other team, obviously Memphis, right? If, if John Morant never wakes up from his, I'm only 22, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, if he never wakes up from that and they do great, they could maybe make the finals. Um, I think they're still too young. The difference between them and the Suns basically is that they don't have Chris Paul. So if the Suns right. don't have Chris Paul, then obviously the Suns become a lot more beatable. For the same reason, Memphis becomes more beatable because you don't have a guy who knows exactly what he wants to do every second of every play. Um, so that's those are the two teams I'd worry the most about. And, of course, if the Clippers, if suddenly Paul George comes back from the grave – and um, yeah. also Kawhi Leonard walks in, you know, to the to the Rocky music and, and plays like vintage yeah. Kawhi. That's a team that would actually be the most talented and most scary at their best. But they've never played together as a group. And the last time they were healthy, Kawhi and Paul George, um, they came up a little short in the playoffs. So that's not even a guarantee. It's 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 a tough West, man. It's a tough it conference. Is. And it's the the Clippers thing I think is the most interesting part because they have two generationally talented players yeah. just waiting to come back. And who knows Both what that ends, team's too, gonna look offensive like. Offensive and defensive. Yeah. They can that, each win defensive part. player of the year and they could both score forty on you. Yeah. So I, I I'm that's a really good point about the Clippers, but I guess for the last question for you, with that in mind, with the Clippers maybe coming back healthy and Golden State being Golden State, if Phoenix stays healthy towards the end of the season, into the playoffs, they get Chris Paul back healthy, um, everyone keeps making improvements, and they stay as the number one seed, from between 0 to 10, with 10 being your most confident, how confident are you the Suns can get back to the finals? Wow. Okay, how confident am I that they can? Yes. How confident are you? Yeah, yeah. How how confident are you they can if they if everyone comes back healthy by playoffs? If everyone's playing healthy and Chris Paul is at least as good as he was a year ago, which was basically playing hurt. Yeah. As long as he's playing, 
and the, these guys, these the, most of these guys have even improved over last year. I would say I'm a 20 out of 10 on that they can, that they okay. will, probably more like a seven because you just don't know because games yep. games can go either way. Um, I would I would say that you know anything can happen in the playoffs, but assuming the Suns are healthy and Chris Paul's on the floor, um, at least a seven on getting back to the finals. And, and then when you get into the finals, who are you going to play there? Who's there? Is it Milwaukee? The Suns are more equipped, and Milwaukee, if they don't get Brooke Lopez back, is not as good. Right. Um, the Sixers, are. it's going to be weird with James Harden and Joel Embiid. I don't think they're going to figure it out perfectly. They're not going to be seamless. Um, the Sixers, all you got to do is make Ben Simmons shoot. You know, that's it. Make him Even if you give him an open layup, just make him shoot. Um, so I think teams are really beat. I, I think the Suns have a great, they should win. Whether they will win is, is still, you know, maybe a seven out of 10. There we go. I'm hoping it's the Bulls in the finals, but that's just, uh, that's just prejudice. I don't know if they will be, That'd but be I think that so would be a very fun. good series. You'd get, you'd get 35 a game from, yep. uh, you know, Zach Levine and, and, and DeMar DeRozan. And then your biggest issue is going to be can Vucevic Vucevic or Vucevic? Um, yeah, uh, can Vucevic. He, Vucevic. Can he match up well enough with DeAndre Aiden? Because he's kind of a turnstile on defense, but he's also uh, tough offensively uh, to get to stop. So that would be a great – and you need to get Alex Crusoe back. Yep. And you need to get Lonzo Ball back. If those guys are all yep. healthy, that's a really – that's probably the toughest team in the East. Yeah, I think Caruso on Chris Paul would be an unbelievably fun matchup through a seven-game series. I mean, that would be a full-out war. Yeah. Wasn't Caruso playing in the first round last year, though, for the Lakers? He, yeah, I, I believe he was. I think he yeah. was. Yeah, okay. Not that. But he's got the help of Lonzo Ball now, at least, <laughs> defensively. Yeah, he does. He does, that's true. He's got a little bit of um, But But, yeah, yeah. No, the Lakers, are, the Lakers are interesting. And the reason I didn't mention them on the West as being a, a danger team yeah, is they are, that <laughs> they're not. Because no. at least a year ago, they had the number one defense in the league, even with uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James each missing a third of the season, because they had a great, great set of guys. Then they yep. traded or gave them all away in the offseason and replaced them with dudes who don't know how to play defense. So LeBron, I don't care. It doesn't matter if he puts up 38 points a game. The problem is the other team is just going to outscore them four out of seven times. They just right. are. So that's why I just don't see the Lakers as a big – and they did – that was a big loss for the Lakers to lose Alex Caruso, and I can't believe they let him go for just the yeah. mid-level basically. Um, he's a He's a great young player. Um, he's not that young anymore, but he's a great early career player. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, that would be a great, that'd be a fun matchup. I'd still give Chris Paul the edge, but that'd be a fun yeah. matchup. Yeah, I think so too. So hopefully, hey, hopefully that works out. And then we have a whole new podcast to talk about come June. That'd be fun. Cause that'll be really fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Dave King, appreciate you coming on. Always fun. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate being asked. Uh, and before, actually, before we go, where can people find your work and uh, find you on Twitter? Yeah, so you can find me at Dave King NBA on Twitter. Um, I, I go there not as often as some people, but I'm, I'm still around on there. And then brightsideofthesun.com for the written work. And my podcast is the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. All right, appreciate having Dave on. Always fun to uh, talk with Dave. <laughs> he can talk basketball all day, Zach. Yeah, you said that. You know, so I appreciate you taking the time out. 
and uh, chopping it up with him gotcha. while I was away. You know what I'm saying? I had to take care of some stuff. And so I appreciate you uh, having Dave on for the Points of the Pain podcast to talk to him. Phoenix, Suns, I think he has enough confidence to, you know, he, he doesn't believe that the Warriors are going to catch the Phoenix Suns. Like, he doesn't believe that. It's from from what I hear. You know what I mean? So, you know, I hope they're able to maintain that number one spot, the Phoenix Suns, you know what I'm saying, without Chris Paul. And it increases the value in terms of MVP for Devin Booker. I really hope those two things transpire. All right, let's do your Moneyline Game of the Week. Eight and seven, still five, still over 500. We're still above the five. <laughs> what are you looking at, though, this week? What I'm looking at this week, folks, check me out. Last, the last three been bad. I know. I'm 0-3 the last three. But we had one on a winning streak at first. We was like three in a row, and then we lost three, and now we're bringing it right back Thursday night. Listen, this one might be a bold bet, too. If you watch live on the line, <laughs> this is considered a bold bet right here. Because I like the Timberwolves over the Memphis Grizzlies in the return of the NBA season after the All-Star break. I like Memphis to lose to the Timberwolves in their return. Carl Anthony Towns comes out to show everybody why he won the three-point shootout. Anthony Edwards turns it up a notch in this second swing going into the second half of the NBA season. D'Angelo Russell gets it done. The supporting cast gets it done. Pat Bev, he's out there being scrappy with John Morant. You know what I'm saying? John Moran only had 16 points in their last outing against the Minnesota, the Minnesota Timberwolves. However, they did win the game. I will say that. <laughs> the Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> did win the game, but John didn't play well. They had a nice, they had a nice, uh, lift from the bench, Brandon Clark and those boys, but Minnesota Timberwolves, they get it done. That's who I like to see over. I guess. The Memphis Grizzlies, big dog. All right. <laughs> hey, the NBA has been off. I haven't been betting as much. So it's time to get back on Me the too. horse. Back on the horse. <laughs> and let's start betting against the Grizzlies right away. One of the best teams in the NBA. Bet against them. Bet against them. We're fading them. <laughs> and that's going to conclude this edition of the Points in the Paint podcast presented by Stadium. I am Zach B. That was Ben Jerome, Jerome Rome in the house. We appreciate him. Make sure you catch them sharp lesson bets and listen to sharp lessons with him and Nate Jacobson every week. You don't want to miss that. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss that. And also, come on now, ITA, Inside the Association, Cam Smith, Shams. Make sure you follow Shams on Twitter, too, as well. You know what I'm saying? Get all that news around the association, man. The buyout market, the playoffs is getting closer, it's getting tighter. You know what I'm saying? You want to you want to catch that. And follow at Points Paint, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Of course, the Twitter to catch all the videos. You know, just just to catch and make sure you know when the podcast will be releasing. You know, all those good things. And all things football is tape, don't lie. With our main man, Michael Felder, holding it down. Great guest. And you will hear from us next week. <laughs>